0: Well, good morning once again. Um, that, was, that was quite a special moment there that I've just experienced. It's the first time that um, I've heard my son read scripture on his own. He got one of those little cards and he stood with Joe and I was waiting for Joe just to read it to him. But instead she patiently got him to read word by word. And that's quite a special moment. I've I sort of had a little, little lump in my throat there watching that happen because... Scripture is important and Scripture is important to be passed down from generation to generation. We should encourage those around us, especially younger generations, to read Scripture, to engage with Scripture. And so, my prayer is that that is the start of many, many readings of Scripture. The passage we're looking at today comes in John's Gospel. And it's talking about Jesus promising the Holy Spirit. And he explains what's going to happen when the Holy Spirit is given to the world. It's John chapter 14, starting at verse 15. John 14. Verse 15. If you love me, this is Jesus speaking, if you love me, you will obey what I command. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another counsellor to be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you. Before long the whole world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day you will realise that I am in my Father and you are in me and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. He who loves me will be loved by my Father and I too will love him and show myself to him. Then Judas, not Judas Iscariot, said, But Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus replied, If anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. My Father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. All this I have spoken while still with you. But the counsellor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I live with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Now, this week, I was working through that passage. I thought, I'm, I'm preaching on it on, on Sunday morning, so let's get stuck into it. Let, let's, let's, let's mine the depths, because it is one of those passages that, that when you first read, you think, wow, there was a lot in there. There was an awful lot of, um, a lot of statements in there. I know I've just read something significant, but <coughs> I didn't quite get it all. And so I went through it, time and time, and I thought, What's the focus? What's the main, the main message that, that comes out of that passage as I read it? And I came to the conclusion that the main message for me was Jesus giving reassurance to his followers. It's a very deep passage and we could spend, could spend many hours looking at, at, the, at the theology, the, the doctrine of the Holy Spirit, and what that means for us, the implications for the world. We could talk about what we learn about the relationship between between the Father, the Christ, and man. We could speak about the theme of love and how it's quite stark in this passage that we can choose to be loved by God, to accept the love of God, or we can choose to be cut off And so there I was spending a long getting quite deep getting quite confused and thinking how on earth am I going to fit this into a 15 minute sermon? And then it struck me. Jesus promises to send the Holy Spirit. So how can we live a, a spirit filled life? Well As Christians, if we accept Jesus into our lives, then we are being filled with the Spirit. We can make this mistake of of imagining the Trinity as three very separate entities. But as Jesus says in this passage, I'm in my Father, you are in me if you choose me, and I'm in you. So in other words, we have the Spirit of God himself, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God inside us. I was reading something else this week for a um, a module that I'm doing at college and um, it was uh, a sermon by an American preacher called Fred Craddock. Some of you may have heard of him. Um, And uh, he was speaking about the doxology in Romans. And in the book of Romans, the first half is Paul saying to the Romans this is why we believe what we believe, this is, this is the evidence, this is the history, this is um, what Jesus said about, about sacrifice, about sin, about Israel, about God, this is, this is why we believe what we believe. And then the second half of the book is all about because we've established what we believe and why we believe it, because we've, we're, we're confident with that, we've, we've set that foundation, this now is what we need to go and do to actually make it all worthwhile. This is what we need to go and do. This is who we should be. This is how we, how we can fulfil the mission of Christ in the world. And there's this little section at the end of chapter 11 of Romans, the, the doxology, when Paul stops and he, 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 he separates the two halves by taking some time out in worship and he breaks... He breaks from the, the deep, heavy-going instruction of of the first half of the letter and he pauses before he goes into the, the big drive of the second half and he stops and he acknowledges the power and the glory of God. It's just worship. And Fred Craddock, in this sermon I was reading, said, don't ever make the mistake of thinking that Worship comes out of our theology. He said we can get really bogged down in in arguing the detail and and trying to beat ourselves up about why we can't understand why things are so confusing. He said don't think that, that theology is the starting block and that worship is simply an offshoot. Actually, worship. Worship is the starting block. Worship is the foundation. Theology comes out of worship, he says. And I found that quite liberating. Because when we talk about the Trinity, theologians have been going round and round in circles for years trying to explain it. It's this concept that for many of us is difficult to grasp. We, kind of, we understand it but you try and explain it to the man on the street it doesn't make sense. Because sometimes we simply have to say, I know God. I can't explain God, but I know that God is with me. You see, when Adam was walking in the garden and he had just eaten of the tree and he heard God coming and he knew that he was naked and he felt shame and he hid himself, that was the first time that there was this awareness that he had the potential to displease God. That was the first time that he thought, I want to hide something. We all have the Holy Spirit inside us as Christians. We are, we're full of the Holy Spirit and with that comes an awareness of what does and doesn't please God. But it also come, there also comes a confidence with the Holy Spirit. We see that when David walked out and faced the Philistines. When he said, I'll be the one to take on Goliath. And they said, you're mad. Wear the king's armour. Take, take, take um, weapons with you. At the very least, try and defend yourself. Well, start digging your grave because you don't stand a chance. The Holy Spirit was in David. We, we, we can make the mistake of thinking that the Holy Spirit wasn't there until the New Testament when, when, when Jesus... Jesus ascended into heaven and the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost fell upon his disciples. And we see in, in the book of Acts, we see this, this incredible story of how, um, like a stone dropped in a mill pond, through, through persecution, people fled Jerusalem and they went out in all directions and, and we see the church spreading and spreading and spreading and you think, wow, that's God's plan. God's plan was that the church should be persecuted in Jerusalem so that people were driven out to all corners. You see, the Holy Spirit was there before that. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, hovered over the water right at the start of Genesis. Before the world was even created, the Holy Spirit was there. The Holy Spirit was in David as he walked out to face the Philistines. The Holy Spirit is what gave Daniel the strength and confidence to stand up and say, I'm not going to displease my God because I know my God, because my God is not simply an idol that's been struck out of a precious metal. My God is something that lives inside me. My God is something that that teaches me. My God is someone that tells me what's right and wrong, that gives me this moral compass that we don't see in in the animal kingdom or or anywhere else. This sense of right and wrong. This is one, one thing when... I try and get non-Christians onto when when they sort of say yeah but it's all nonsense it's all rubbish you sort of say if it's all rubbish you believe in right and wrong You, you have this you have this sense inside you of what is right and what is not and we know that there is a price to pay when we do the wrong thing you see I believe that's the Holy Spirit teaching us willing us to choose to please God rather than to follow our own fancies. Jesus says, if you love me, you will obey what I command. If you love me. So, Jesus isn't demanding obedience, but he's saying the proof's in the pudding. If you love me, if you truly love me, then you'll obey my commands. I'm really encouraged in hearing Jan speak about prayer on the streets because, like she said, this is an opportunity for us to step out of the church door and say to people, how are you? A simple, innocent question that we probably ask many people many times during every week, that suddenly suddenly people get a bit nervous if they know that the next question is going to be can I pray for you? Would you like prayer? But that's what we should be doing. That's what we should be doing. If, we love, if you love me, you will obey what I command. Jesus was all for getting out there and, and showing love to people. Doing things. And so I think prayer on the street is a really exciting initiative for the church and I praise God that Jan and John have come into, into membership in our church and, 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 and really sort of run with this vision to make it happen. And next Saturday morning it's going to be great. It's going to be brilliant. Jesus says, you will have another counsellor to be with you forever. You see, the Holy Spirit isn't, isn't a short-term fix. It's not like in in heaven one day when Jesus ascended and he had a chat with the Father and, right, okay, well, we better send someone down to to look after the world while uh, while you're gone. It's not like that. The Holy Spirit is eternal, will be with us forever. Today, being Mother's Day, I thankfully had a, a prompting from my dear wife, and she said, don't forget Mother's Day. Um, not that I ever have, but <laughs> she doesn't want to take the risk. Um, and uh, anyway, we're having a think. I was having a little chat with Timothy. What can we get mummy? And Timothy um, thoroughly enjoys playing cricket. I can't think where, where, where it came from. Um, he thoroughly enjoys playing cricket. And so we were having a little think. You know, we could get flowers, we could get chocolates, but... Um, you know, the flowers, the flowers go dry after a week and the chocolates get eaten after 20 minutes. Um, and so we were having a chat and we decided to include mummy in our love of cricket. And so we went online <laughs> because, you see, when you want to learn about something, when you want to learn about something... <coughs> You need, you, need something, you need someone to explain it to you. You need someone to explain the rules. You see, in cricket, there's a lot of language that makes no sense. You know, you can turn on the commentary and they can describe the action for five minutes and there is so much jargon in there that anyone who's never listened or played cricket, they wouldn't have a clue. You know, when they talk about um, oh, and he's, he, he's bowled him a googly there. A what? A googly? What's that? And of course, if you, if, you, if you know the game, you know that it's a delivery from a spin bowler. You know it's very tricky to pick up and often, often a batsman can't quite read it as it's coming through the air. To a normal person, that makes no sense. And so Timothy and I got two books to express our, our love for the lady in our household. The first one is called Cricket Made Simple, an entertaining introduction to the game for mums and dads. That was the first one. And the second one is called Stumped by Cricket, a mother's translation. So this one has got all the, all the rules, it's got some of the history of the game, it talks about some, some notable players, um, and, uh, and it's got some tips, of uh, things that you can say when you're watching a cricket match to make those around you think you know exactly what's going on. <laughs> so that will come in handy. And this one has got an explanation of what all the different language means, what all the different um, different words mean. It makes sense of the language. When people come into church, we have to be a bit careful sometimes, don't we? And I, I'm, I'm guilty of this. We can use language that you don't use in the street outside. We can talk about being sanctified by the blood of the lamb. And anybody who walks in thinks, was this some sort of cult that sacrificed animals? What what, what on earth does that...? Of course, we know that it's it's, it's a metaphor. but it doesn't make sense. We need to explain the language that we use. We need to, we need to teach people the rules of the game, the, the sort of the do's and the don'ts. And that's all in Scripture. And that's why it's brilliant to read Scripture. That's why I really felt a little bit emotional when I, I, I saw Timothy reading word by word the first piece of Scripture that he's, that he's read out loud on his own. Reading Scripture can never be underestimated. It's so important. But you see, with the cricket books that we've bought Jo, she can read them. She can read them and read them and read them. But the only way that she can actually experience the excitement, (laughs) don't laugh, (laughs) the scintillating atmosphere of a cricket match is to go and watch a cricket match the only way she can understand how difficult it can be to, to spot the line of a ball coming towards you and, and defend it and make sure you don't lose your wicket or to hit the ball actually to the part of the boundary that you, you're aiming for in the first place the only way she can, she can realise that is if she comes with me and Timothy and plays cricket <laughs> there are some things in life that you have to experience. You just have to experience it. You can read all the books, you can can think about it, you can envision it, but you have to experience it for yourself. And the Holy Spirit has to be experienced. You see, Jesus, in this passage, he reassures his followers that they won't be left on their own, that he will be with them through his Spirit. In the same way for us today, we know we are not alone. If the Holy Spirit wasn't real and living, then there wouldn't be a church today. We might, we might, have, we might still have, have a Christmas festival to, um, in the same way that there was a pagan Christmas festival. We might, even, we might even recognise Jesus as an important person, like some other religions claim that that's all he was. But if the Holy Spirit wasn't alive and well today, if it wasn't energising us and driving us forward and filling our hearts and giving us this passion, setting people on fire, then the church would be a distant memory. It would be remembered in the, the same way that the ruins of temples in Athens and Rome, of gods that were once worshipped, are now just antiquities that people go and take photographs of and... There's nothing there. There's no spirit there. There's no life there. They're just an echo of a bygone age. But the church is not an echo of a bygone age. The church, the church is an echo of an age to come. The church is God's people coming together, united by his spirit. People who recognise and experience the Holy Spirit in their lives. And so when we come into church, like Jesus says, we should not be afraid. We come into the presence of God he who loves me will be loved by my Father and I too will love him and show myself to him. So, if we love Christ, then Christ says he will be in us and God is in Christ. And so, actually, what Jesus is saying is that if we, if we love Christ, we experience the presence of God. That's huge. It's this presence of God that can inspire us to step out and to do things, to put ourselves on the front line. I've known Jan and John for eight or nine months, probably, and in that time, I don't know them ever so well, but they're not the loudest, most outgoing, most extroverted of people. I've never seen them dancing on the chairs during a service. Maybe they do when I'm not preaching, I don't know. But they've been impassioned by the Spirit of God to say, let's put ourselves on the front line. Let's step out onto our high street. Let's challenge ourselves. Let's be prepared for people to say, you're a mug. You don't know what you're talking about. You're, 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 you're so out, out of date. Or for people to say, that's really offensive. How dare you? They're saying, let's, let's, let's do this. Let's step out onto the front line. Ian more at the moment I'm pointing to Carol in case you're wondering. Um, Ian's in India with Ken Huntley at the moment and it wasn't that long ago that he was in uh, the Democratic Republic of Congo because he feels impassioned by the people that he's met. He feels driven by the Spirit of God to to go and to encourage and to preach and to, to share the Gospel in those places. We've got mission partners that we support as a church who are are doing what they're doing because they feel driven by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is something that we experience. We can learn about the the life of Christ. We should read the Gospel. We should study the Gospel. We can learn about God's plan from creation through to revelation. Revelation. We can learn about the Holy Spirit. But learning about the Holy Spirit is only a part of it. The experience of the Holy Spirit. When you feel that, that prompting. It might be a prompting to pray for someone. I'd have, I'd, have, I'd have... Prompting this week where I just... I think... I can't remember what I was, Oh, that's right. Yeah, I was making a cup of tea in the kitchen. And I was just staring out the window. There was a... Um, Uh, a a sparrow pecking around on the grass and someone, I just suddenly thought of someone that I used to work with and um, I dropped them just a quick text now I didn't have a response I don't know if that was a prompting or not but I'm trying to discipline myself when that sort of thing happens to to contact people, to respond to it because sometimes, sometimes it will just be a coincidence sometimes it might not be God but I tell you what, often Often, when we contact people because we suddenly feel a a prompting, something inside us, often that person needs that reassurance. Or it might be that that you overhear a conversation and pray into it. There was someone on the train on my way to college on Monday morning um, who was expecting to lose their job that day and they were on the phone to a friend it, it sounded like and they were as some people are quite far too open with personal information than they should be bearing in mind they were sitting on a train carriage and by the end of it I felt like we were closely acquainted but I prayed for the guy because he said I, I wasn't in on Friday and they let half my team go I'm pretty sure I'm going to be let go and he was talking about his fears for his, his children his wife his wife was pregnant and it it was just one of those situations you thought wow oh God please don't let this guy walk in and, and lose his job and so I pray for him I haven't got a clue who he is but also he brings peace Jesus says peace I leave with you my peace I give you I don't know about you but faith is what gets me through the most difficult times in life the most painful times often when things are going well and it's all, it's all lovely I think this is good I've got, I've got life under control and then suddenly you're hit for six out of the blue something happens and suddenly you're not in control and suddenly everything seems to start falling in upon you and you're drowning you're going under you can't cope when someone says why do you have faith I say because in those times in those times I'm praying and praying and praying it doesn't solve everything the the troubles don't go away they don't suddenly evaporate but I feel peaceful sometimes you meet someone and you just think they're just spiritual. They've got, they've got the Holy Spirit in them. And there's something about them. They just have an aura. And it's peace. They're unflappable because they have this ability just to hand everything to God. Something bad happens and straight, straight away, well, I've prayed about it. God's helping me through. God's dealing with this. The peace of the Holy Spirit. When, I'm, when I speak to people who are grieving, non-Christians grieving, in my humble experience, have a much harder time than Christians who have the peace of the Holy Spirit upon them. So this week, let's bear in mind two things. First of all, the Holy Spirit is in us. Each and every one of us. It's the way that God communicates with us. Jesus says, he who loves me will be loved by my Father and I too will love him and show myself to him. Because I live, you will also live. You see, we know where we're going as Christians. We know that our salvation is secure. We know that one day we will be sitting in the presence of God. But in that time, until that day comes, we're not separated from him. He's in us, through Jesus, through his spirit. So let's think as we go out into this week, what it was like for David. What it was like for for Daniel. What it was like for for any, any character we can look back at. What it was like for Paul when he was chased out of cities. What it was like for Jesus when people tried to stone him. Where did their strength come from? Where did their peace come from? The Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God. And so this week also, know the peace of the Holy Spirit. I know that's not always easy. You don't always feel peaceful when you're, you're chasing around trying to help, help neighbours, help friends, trying to take people places and, and, or pay bills or, or carry, hold down five jobs just so you can keep your head above water. I know that this week some people will get bad news or or it might be loved ones. I know that that this week poor Maggie's going to be stressing as David starts his chemotherapy. But know the peace of the Holy Spirit. Welcome it. Take a moment to pray for it and then accept it. Our God is not consigned to history our God is a God of the present I am is the name he goes by the Holy Spirit is the gift that we have and so let's make sure that we appreciate that gift let's make sure that we we experience what it is to be filled with the Holy Spirit this week. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. And Father, thank you for the Holy Spirit. Thank you for the gift that you've given us. Not not so that we can be watched and so that all of our wrongs can be recorded, but instead so that we can be loved, so that every single breath that we take is taken in your presence. Heavenly Father, we pray that you will fill us to overflowing with your Spirit this week. Father, we pray that you will give us, give us spiritual promptings to, to, to keep an eye on one another, to look out for one another, Help us to to acknowledge the troubles of those around us and to pray for them, whether they're close friends or whether they're complete strangers. Father, help us to be your presence in this world. We know, Lord, because your word tells us that, that you are in us. The living God is in us. And Father, that's, that's just such a wonderful thing. So Lord, we pray that this week you will help us just to to know your peace, to know the, the, the passion that comes through the Holy Spirit, the confidence that whatever happens, you are in control. Father, we commit our lives to you once again. We thank you for your spirit. And we pray all these things in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.